is Alicia Christian, and welcome to the Eating Me Podcast. Hey, y'all, it's Leash, and welcome to another episode of Car Confessions. I am obviously leaving work. Lord, there's some of these people on these bikes. Whew, God bless them. New York City has a lot of people that ride bikes, so it could be a delivery person, could just be just a random just person on a bike. Um, so it can be a little intense here with the bike situation. I find I have some anxiety around the bikes um, because I'm afraid they might hit somebody or, you know, they might run into me because maybe they're not paying attention or they're, you know, riding out of control. Regardless of that, I tried my best to steer clear from people that are riding bikes because I don't need that in my life. Me running somebody over and then it's like, well, there you are, Leash. Of course, here we are. Um, <clears throat> anyway, be kind to the people that are on the bikes. I'll say that because, first of all, they're in New York City riding a bike. Uh, I'm, I'm nervous driving my car half the time. So I'm like, kudos to those who ride bikes in the city. Um, I have friends that ride bikes in the city, and I, I don't know how they do it. God bless you. That's all I can say. Anyway, I wanted to get on and just share with you guys how blessed I've been this year. And I wanted to talk to y'all about that because there have been so many transitions in my life this year that one would think that I was just completely insane, right? I um, don't take it lightly that, you know, some people have not had, you know, sex, you know, success um, in ways that I have. And so, you know, I, I want to share my story. I want to be, a, I want to be an encouraging person to someone that might feel like, man, I just, I'm stuck. I don't know how to get out of this situation or out of this job or out of whatever circumstance that's allowing you to feel stuck. I don't know how to do it. Right. Um, so rewinding back to the start of this year, I was working at a job that was killing me, like literally mentally, physically, all the things emotionally I was just working around the clock and not only working around the clock but working for people that could have cared less about me or the actual work that I was doing and as I thought about the role that I had I was a director of nursing I was thinking about that role and the reason why they actually started uh or created a, a director of nursing position at this particular school um, was to hopefully bring um, an opportunity for the administration to have hands off on, you know, penalizing or reprimanding uh, the nursing staff that was there already. And as unfortunate and crazy as that sounds, that's basically what I've chalked it up to. And it's just my assumption. could be completely wrong. Um, I know they wanted some order. But either way, 
I know that my role there was not for really the betterment of the health of the school, but more so trying to create fear or, you know, control a situation that didn't need it. I digress. But either way, as I continued on in this role, I wanted to do my best. Anyone that knows me knows that I, if I'm, if I'm doing a job, I want my best to, you know, be put forth and I'm going to work like hell to make sure that happens. Um, but as time went on in that position, things were just completely falling apart. Nursing staff was not, um, where it should have been in terms of we were losing people because of the maltreatment, uh, from administration. And ultimately it left me with, um, reaching out to an agency and having, agency nurses coming in and anyone knows about agency nurses not that they're not helpful and amazing because I've worked for agencies and I've been in those positions it's still hard to then acclimate them to the space not knowing if you're going to have the same nurses every day um so it's really stressful then on top of that trying to maintain my own you know job requirements and managing COVID (laughs) And when I say managing COVID, I was managing everything COVID. Um, We had testing completed for our entire school. So that included the students as well as the faculty and staff. So I not only had to, you know, schedule the, you know, the actual testing with the company we were working with. I had to also send out notifications to families about what the testing, what the outcomes of the testing um, you know, was, you know, you know, if we had any positives, if we did have positives, I, I had to then reach out to the families that their child was positive or the faculty member that was positive, provide them dates of isolation and quarantine. If, and also this was during a time where some kids weren't vaccinated, right? So with that, you know, the whole quarantining of number, like <laughs> endless amounts of students, uh, and I'm keeping track of all this by myself. And my administration not acknowledging that this was beyond just ridiculous. Um, so all that to say, my 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 holiday break, my winter break was completely null and void. I worked around the clock. I was working as I was driving because I I drive a lot. <clears throat> I drove to Indiana. I love driving. I mean, I don't mind taking the you know a plane, but. Holiday time, I always find that there's something, there's always some kind of situation that goes down and leashes at the airport looking like he's looking. So I've, I've, you know, I resort to driving. Anyway, I was driving home to Indiana and I was getting calls and messages from my administration and their expectations of me working uh, during this time. And so I'm like stopping at rest stops, answering emails for the, our admin or our families. Um, it was just a lot. And when I got back to work after the break or right before the break, 
ended the night before, I was still answering emails to families, finding out people were positive, providing, you know, quarantine and isolation, uh, you know, guidelines and how they can return. And then you just making sure I'm, I'm up to date with, you know, who's out, who's in and notifying an admin about that. Like it was insane. And so that um, actual end point for the break in terms of me, you know, finishing up my work um, and returning to school the next day. So I finished up, let's say, about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, answering emails, reaching out to families about isolation um, and quarantine guidelines, and then also notifying families because we were returning to school to test their children and, you know, notify us if their child was positive and also faculty and staff. And so we're talking about over 800 people that I'm responsible for um, during COVID. And I know there were some nurses that had well more than me, so I completely understand, but this is my story. <laughs> this is my plight, right? Um, so yeah, all that's going on. I am exhausted, okay? Because I didn't have a break. I'm completely exhausted. And the next morning I get to school to find out that we're obviously doing our testing. I knew we were doing our testing for everyone. We would have what's called pool testing. So pool testing is basically where it's either you're doing it through saliva or the secretions from your nose. So basically it's not. Um, <clears throat> and you're swabbing your nose. We did the swab. So you swab your nose, you submit your test. Um, you know, you complete the test that way. You bring it in to school. And then what happens with the company that, you know, we're working for, Either, either the saliva or the nasal swabbing, they take actual specimens from either one of those and they put them basically all together. If there's a positive that's noted in that those specimens, they then can go to that particular pod. So it's like they're, everyone's putting little pods from the pool. So it's not like everyone's just thrown in one pool. Everyone's a part of a certain pod. So if a pod presents as positive, then they test everybody individually in that pod. They take an additional specimen from those people that were in that pool, or in that pod, rather, and then they determine who is the actual positive. Um, so that's what we were doing at the time. We were doing pool testing. So that next morning, I guess that we're, you know, we're collecting the pool test uh, results, helping kids that need assistance with that, because sometimes they would forget, and obviously it was the break, so... You know, kids were forgetting, and I get there to find out <clears throat> that, well, I knew this was uh, coming up the pike. They were changing our um, structure of who was going to be my supervisor, and it was it was a mess. So the person that was going to be my supervisor is there front and center trying to figure out all the operations of what we're doing for pool testing. Super just aggressive and just being out of control like even to the point where I was concerned that this person I thought this in the past that they were you know under some type of influence but that's neither here nor there um so I'm just being pushed and prodded and pulled you know do this do that you know and then she's trying to figure out what I'm doing and I'm like what are you like you're messing up the whole process here like let's get through this if you want to learn it I can teach you at another time this is not the time it continues on. It just continues to crazy. I'm looking at my emails as well because I'm seeing that there's tons and tons of emails coming through from families, you know, and, and, you know, just trying to figure out what's going on with, you know, their, um, 
or not even what's going on, but just sharing with me that their kids aren't in school today because they found that they were positive and what are their isolation or quarantine guidelines. And so I'm just, it's just like one thing after the other, one thing after the other. And on top of that, I find that there's new protocols that the admin at the school, they want to then implement uh, for our COVID testing. They wanted to add more, another day to do testing and was not shared with me. So that meant that I would then have to then add that into everything else that I'm doing. Um, and then also have a second time where we're doing the collections. So I would then have to complete, like just change our whole routine. Um, and then I found out the actual routine that they wanted to update in terms of having two different times to collect, they decided to do it that day. So needless to say, I am at my wits end at this point. And in the midst of finding all this out, I am just being talked to as if I am trash. Told that administration doesn't like, you know, dealing with me because I'm difficult and all these things, basically chalking it to that I'm a black woman that's assertive and they don't know how to handle me. That's what that is. Um, and so that happens. And as all these things are happening, I am then told that I have to go back and do another collection of the tests for faculty that didn't get a chance to submit their test at the time, at the appointed times. Um, and so I said to myself, I said, Alicia, you know what? Get through this. Just get through this part of the process for the day. And then let's, I'm talking to myself, let's regroup and figure out what, what our next steps are just in life in general. Because this is a lot. This is overwhelming. And I get downstairs to actually... Um, start the collection for the faculty and staff that missed the actual time frame. And I opened up my computer because I had to actually scan in their pull tests. There's like a barcode on each <clears throat> um, specimen. And as I'm sitting there with the computer, I opened the computer up and I'm looking at that screen and something said to me, fuck it, literally fuck it. You're so much more than this place. The treatment that is being given to you, leave. And I did just that. I closed the computer, the laptop, and one of the teachers who, you know, was a very awesome, awesome teacher. I looked at her and I said, fuck this place. And I'm out. And when the... Um, person that was, you know, demanding all this, that was now my new supervisor. And when she arrives, you tell her I said just that and that she can manage all of this because I'm out. I walked out of my job. I had no plan. I had nothing. I emailed my administration as soon as I was walking out, effective immediately, you know, and there you go. I'm out basically. I called my wife and I told her, I said, I'm coming home because she actually had COVID. I was dealing with COVID in my house. My wife and my daughter were both positive for COVID at the time. I called her. I said, I'm on my way home. I quit my job. And she was like, what? I said, I will be home shortly. And when I got home, she thought, I guess she thought I was joking. 
think she probably thought, okay, because I'm a jokester. I am that type of person. But when I walked in that house and she saw me and she was like, okay, well, what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I said, but what I will do is I will call the agency that has been so gracious and providing me nurses, let them know my circumstance and see if maybe I can work sometime this week, maybe next week. I don't know. I called that agency and I told her everything and then some about what happened. And she said, Alicia, I am so proud of you because she knew how terrible the conditions were at the school that I was working at. And she said, not only can I help you, I need somebody tomorrow to work at a school that was close to my house. God has his hand in all things. Do you hear me? I kind of perked up like, what? She's like, I need, she's like, can you do it tomorrow? Can you start? They need a nurse for X amount of time frame. Can you do it? I was like, can I? I told you, I have nothing to do. And they carried me financially until I found the job that I'm in now. Not only did that present, I was offered positions as a nurse practitioner to work for the vaccine clinics that have been taking place here in the city. So here in New York City, um, we had the big rollout of the pediatric COVID vaccines, and they needed nurse practitioners to manage and um supervise registered nurses that were administering the vaccines and then also provide any, um, you know, clarity around, you know, uh, any questions that, you know, parents had about the vaccinations um, and you just, just guidance all around. I got placed in these clinics as well, getting, getting paid so much money, so much more money than I could have imagined working as where I was working before. I mean, I was getting paid very well where I worked before, but this, between me working as um, a school nurse, as, as an agency school nurse, working the vaccine clinics, I didn't miss a beat financially. I didn't miss a beat. I knew that God had me, if you want to call it universe, whatever, higher power, God was in control. I literally surrendered. I said, God, I have done everything that I can do when it comes to this job. And it seems like every time I turn around the job that I left, something's going on where there's a roadblock, there's a barrier, there's something that is not making me feel good. I don't know what else to do. What, like, where else, like, what else can I do to possibly be in a position where I feel like I'm fulfilled, I'm happy, and I'm not stressed out? I was making a lot of money working at this place. I'm not going to lie. I was making a lot of money. But the stress and the um, sense of feeling like I wasn't um, valued, that was so much bigger to me than the money that I was making. And I have, I now where I am now, I have taken a pay cut, but it's still, I'm still okay financially. I, my wife has been amazing with like, you know, 
providing more financially. So it's just been, we are okay. And I'm telling you this story because financially, I was scared. I was scared. I was so freaking scared um, and nervous about the choice that I made. I'm fine, y'all. Um, it's just New York City stuff here. Um, anyway, um, I was scared because I didn't know if I was going to be able to actually hack it financially. I didn't want to be a burden to my wife. I didn't want to cause any type of strife with my daughters, you know, education. I mean, luckily I, you know, I was fine with, cause my daughter goes to private school. I was fine with her tuition and all that. Like that wasn't an issue. Thank God. But I took a leap of faith that has led me on a path of just amazement. And I have truly stepped into trusting God in a way that I have never trusted him before or them before I should say because I this whole gender thing is that's a whole other story but I feel so good I feel so good where I am right now I decided to start back with acting and performing and in the process of me quitting my job, quit my job, I get the um, sub-nursing contract. I get the contract to work in the clinics. I don't skip a beat with my bills or anything. Nothing. I was nervous, trust me. There were some moments where I was in, in my bed, in my room, with my wife crying, apologizing to her, saying, I think I made a horrible mistake. I am so sorry that I would put us in this type of situation. And luckily, my wife is the type of person that is so compassionate and so loving. And she was just like, God is going to work this out. And she was like, I know you as well. If I didn't think you would have the wherewithal to figure this out, then I'd be concerned. She's like, but I know with the guidance of God, you and just your drive as who you are as a person, it's going to work out. And y'all... Not only has it worked out, it is amazing. My life is amazing. And I just want you guys, if you're feeling stuck, if you feel like you can't get out of something, take a leap of faith. Trust your heart. Listen to yourself. Because you, what, what, what's needed in terms of your actual personal happiness, growth, and expansion is in you. You just have to listen to your inner voice. And you might need some guides and some coaches along the way. I have. I've, I've, I've been in different coaching um, programs. Um, I've, I've done a lot of things within this year. Um, I started, like I said, I started back with acting. I got into um, an acting collective with Heidi Marshall. Um, you should check it out if you're an actor. Uh, it's a great program. Super supportive and just all around good people. Um, I've also worked with Peter Pamela Rose with the um, acting business boot camp. Um, 
amazing woman, caring, giving. Look her up, Acting Business Boot Camp with Peter Pamela Rose. Just God has placed so many amazing people and amazing circumstances and situations in my life because I have decided to not only take a leap, but also surrender. Um, and I, I can't stress it enough. Take the leap. If you are feeling stuck and you feel like there's more to this life for me, but I just, I can't access it. Find some time to calm yourself and just listen to yourself. And it's not going to be overnight, but definitely take those times to meditate and listen to what's in your heart and then take the leap. And I promise you, it is going to be so much more than you could have ever imagined. In the course of this year, and it's not even over yet, I've gotten back into acting. I found all these amazing resources and people. I have all the equipment for <laughs> uh, auditioning in my home. I perfected how to edit, you know, my auditions, which has actually helped me so much with my um, podcasting. That was the actual um, help that I needed. I started with the editing, with my acting and my auditioning. And so when it was time for me to podcast, it was easy because I had that tool under my belt. So I've, I've, I've gotten that going. I had all the equipment that I needed for my, um, podcasting. I actually purchased some more things, but I had things already ready. It was just steps, just small steps. And it's just led to this amazing point where I'm at right now. I have a website. Look at my website, y'all. AliciaChristian.com. AliciaChristian.com. Um, and on there, I have things about my podcast. I did two movies with the amazing Will Parker, who I interviewed. Um, that was the episode for this um, week on uh, Monday. Episode 13. No, episode... Was it episode 13? I could be saying that wrong. But <laughs> the episode with Will Parker. I had the opportunity to work with him this, you know, this year, there's just been so many awesome things. Episode 12, I'm sorry, with Will Parker. Got to get that right. But yeah, there's been so many amazing things. I've, I've had opportunities to work with, you know, other people. I've booked jobs. Unfortunately, some of them I didn't get, didn't get to do because I got sick with COVID. But the point of it is, is that all these opportunities all started for me saying, fuck this place. And I left. I had no idea what was going to come. I still am learning and growing in ways um, that I could never imagine. I'm making peace and setting boundaries. Like I've never been a person to set boundaries, y'all. Like, I just kind of let shit rock. I'm like, I guess I'll be fine. No, like I'm taking the initiative to set boundaries. I'm not perfect at it. Obviously, I mean, 44 years of not setting boundaries. Let's be serious. So I'm still learning how to do that too. But I am proud of myself that I am taking the initiative to say, no, this shit ain't, it's not cool with me. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to rock with it. And it has been on, it's been with things and circumstances and people that I was nervous to set them with. But I had to do it for myself. And so if that's something that's speaking to you as well, finding ways to set boundaries, 
take the time to really think about what are you compromising in your life to make someone else feel comfortable, right? And that's, that was always me. Didn't want to hurt people's feelings. Didn't want to be that person to, you know, rock the damn boat. But it's like, you know what? They're over there living their best mother cracking life. And I'm here trying to make sure and tiptoe around and not upset them. Hell no. I'm not going to be mean. I'm not going to be disrespectful to anybody, but I still have to look out for myself. And that might require me upsetting a few people. But like my mama would always say, you may be mad, but guess what? Wipe your ass and get glad. Like, I don't know what to tell you. You know, I have to look out for myself and I want to make sure that I'm doing what's best for me. And then I'm making sure that my cup remains full so that I can be, you know, a help to those that need my help. But then also set those boundaries in places and with certain people that can take advantage. Um, Where I work now, my work-life balance is amazing. And where I'm at now, they understand what that looks like. They value time with your family. They value, you know, your mental health. I've had several times where my supervisor will say to me, listen, if you need a mental health day, let me know. I mean, I, hopefully I'm not presenting like I'm like, you know, you know, really needing it. But I think they're just acknowledging or maybe not. Maybe they're probably like, girl, we see it. We see it. Um, but no, I, I think and they across the board because they were sharing in a meeting just how it's so important for our mental health to be at its optimal level when we are depleted mentally especially working with children um it's not it's not a good look it's not and i've seen people in other jobs where i've worked where their mental health was deteriorating and and the children knew they could tell they they could sense that something was wrong and not only that it's just not good for you as a person you're trying to plow through plow through i'll get through it at some point I'll, i'll get to myself no get to yourself now and let your job know especially if it's with your job listen i need a break I'll see y'all when I see y'all, you know? We have to care for ourselves. We have to care for ourselves. And I am so happy that 2022 has been the year that I have said, fuck this shit. I have to do me. I have been there for people in ways that were just above and beyond the call of duty. And I, I don't regret it. Don't regret it. But I know now... I have to scale back in overextending myself and also being truthful about how I feel and not take ownership of how someone else is going to feel or in my head create a scenario of, oh, I probably shouldn't say that because they're probably going to feel this way. No, I have to be truthful, obviously in a tactful, mindful way, but honor who I am. And if that person has a problem, that's something they have to deal with on their own. And I have to be okay with that. Y'all, 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 blessings are there for you. Feeling good is not a once in a while thing. It should be something every day. And I'm, I've, I've learned that and I'm continuing to learn that as this year goes on. Um, I just want to feel good. I want to be happy. I want to have fun. I don't want to be in a position where I just am miserable. There's no growth there. There's no creativity in those spaces. And it's actually bad for your health. Um, we can do this, y'all. We can be happy. We can be joyful. We can spread 
joy and love to those that didn't or don't know that that's something that's a possibility to feel good all the time and that's my goal I, as I go on this eating journey too just feeling good about what I eat feeling you know or releasing that guilt and shame around you know eating it's a process but it's been a beautiful ride 2022 and I cannot wait for 2023 um, because I feel like it's time, not just for me, but for everybody to start feeling good and taking ownership of your life and really listening to yourself. And if it means you have to leave your job, listen, I'm not condoning it, but if you feel like where you are is just completely depleting who you are as a person and you don't even recognize yourself anymore, some deep thinking that you have to do. Because it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Oh, I'm waiting for retirement. Oh, I'm waiting for this. You you could be waiting and waiting and then the next thing you know, you're, you've fallen ill or something to that degree. Don't wait for happiness. Happiness can be right now. If that means you either changing jobs or changing your attitude when you go into work, then do that. But find the happiness now. Don't look for it later because it's all around. You just have to tap into it. I love y'all. Let me get out of this car. I need to go upstairs. I'm going to cook for my family. I'm excited because I'm making these garlic green beans. I think I'm going to add like a twist, like some, create some type of spicy situation to it. We'll see what happens. Anyway, y'all, I'll see y'all next week, Monday. And uh, yeah. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's car confessions on the E2B podcast. Please rate and review the show. Subscribe to the podcast if you have not already. And share this particular episode with someone you love. I love y'all and keep on keeping on. I love you. I'll talk to y'all later.